This is the War on 94 Sports Podcast, your weekly dose of everything Chicago and Milwaukee sports. Now, here are your hosts, Frank Fernandez and Evan Schleinser. What's up, everybody, and welcome back. Another episode of the War on 94 podcast is here. It's Frank with Evan, as always, here to bring you everything in the world of Chicago and Milwaukee sports. Evan, how are you feeling? I'm feeling I'm feeling like we haven't done this in a minute. It's been a minute. I'm feeling like we have a lot of football to talk about, mm-hmm. mostly from other weekends that weren't this weekend, because I feel like this weekend was like <laughs> the weirdest weekend of football in a long time. Yeah, Sunday was a crazy day of football in general. Like, there was not one game that really went to plan. You know, didn't follow the script that the NFL had laid out for it. (laughs) Vegas was very wrong in many occasions. And, uh, yeah, it was a a wild one. Let's not waste any more time, though. Let's get right into it. Let's do the best thing we saw this week. You want to go first? Yeah, we're really just doing a full football episode, huh? Yeah, it's football everything. We're, we're, we, it's, this is the first one we've recorded since our NFL preview. Life has been a little all over the place for both of us, so yeah. we got a lot of football we to cover. Lot. So gonna, we need to give a counter for how many times we say football Football, uh, football, 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 <laughs> football. Write those down, Write, Noel, guess it, please. Count them, count them, Noel. Keep that in the Football, records. football. Mm-hmm. So... Why was I going with? Oh, in the world of pro football, <laughs> mm-hmm. which we are talking about only this episode, so I didn't need to clarify yes, that. Yes, we are. This is announced today, a new format for the Pro Bowl, and I kind of love it. It's obviously going to take place in Vegas. I think they moved it there last year was the first year they did it there, and mm-hmm. it looks like it'll stay there. But the big change is it's going to be a flag football game, which is <laughs> way better than a real football game because, let's face it, nobody was trying in the real football game anyways. It was basically it, a flag football yeah, game already. It, yeah, I was going to say, pretty much was a flag fo- glorified and you know what? Game. I'm here for it. Give me like, I don't know if you yeah. remember, there was like a five aside on an, like a Madden. It was for the Wii because I was a lame person. I had the Wii growing up, but they had a five aside football and you had one, you had the center, you had the quarterback, two pass catchers and a running back. And the, the defense had, I think it wasn't. Was it NFL Street? No, it was not NFL. This was a Madden game. NFL Street is similar, but like, okay. give me that five aside. I, w- I think it's the same concept. Yeah. I want that. I want just like full on, just like juking people out of their shoes, like just running around mm-hmm. like kids. Like what Kyler Murray tries to do every game in real life. Like, yeah. I just want for fun for one weekend with Love all it. the best players. I agree. Yeah, they're replacing it also with skill competitions. They're still having that. Yeah, I think it, maybe even. They're calling it the. They're calling it the Pro Bowl games. I think it's, so it's I think it's great because they'll actually yeah it, it, the the players don't put effort into it. They go and they hang out and they have a party and it's fine. And mm-hmm. it can be that way, but this will make it more entertaining when they are low effort because it's a low effort, high reward like kind of thing, right? They mm-hmm. don't have to go and bust their ass to play a full football game, but just like dick around and throw you know throw the ball around and here we are. I don't know. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. I totally agree. I feel like well. I just feel like in the last, like, I don't know, I'd say, like, decade, the Pro Bowl has, like, totally changed from, like, people kind of trying halfway, like, 
so, you know, somewhat trying to like be respectful, respectable for their side, you know, for their conference to now it's just become a complete joke of, and like nobody plays in it and blah, blah, blah. But like gone, you know, I, I will just say like, it's, it is a little sad. We'll no longer have a moment like the Sean Taylor hit back in like 2005. He laid out a punter mm. during the Pro Bowl, which I'm sure sent shockwaves through whatever organization that punter played for. But what an amazing moment. And yeah, that'll be, it's unfortunate to not have those anymore, but no one's playing like that. No one's playing, no one's going that he hard anymore. He was the last guy to so. do that. So you exactly. got, you're, you're more likely to have Odell doing dances on the field than, than, and then actually a, a real hit. Exactly. So. I mean, good for the NFL for understanding that no one's watching the Pro Bowl anyway, so why not just make it fun? Right, time to switch it up so you can actually get it, it to be watched by more. Make it more entertaining. Exactly. They've tried. I mean, they changed things around. They did the, like the, the team drafts for a while, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's fine, but the product just needed a, to be a change as a whole, and I think player safety was the biggest reason that players mm-hmm. weren't trying, right? The, Smart. My season's I over. Mean, I'm, I'm not going to yeah. risk myself getting hurt. Okay, cool. Go play flag football. It's meaningless. Exactly. Totally agree. My best thing I saw this week, we talked about, you know, Sunday being just a wacky day in the NFL. And there were two plays that pretty much summed up the wackiness <laughs> of this week three. The first one came during the end of the Dolphins-Bills game. A crazy game in general. Dolphins pulling out the victory. Everyone is anointing them as the the next big thing, thanks to that victory. But they almost gave it away at the end, thanks to something you don't see every day. It has been dubbed the butt, the butt punt. Butt punt. It's it doesn't quite roll off the tongue very well, but oh, I don't know. I think it was quarter, pretty good. Butt punt. Glorious butt, butt punt. punt. It just like try saying that five times fast. It's difficult. It doesn't quite, you know. Okay, never mind. You're right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Point Point proven. proven. Never mind. Move on. (laughs) They were inside their own one yard line trying to punt it out uh, late in the fourth quarter. And just the punter, I I couldn't give you his name, but he just sent it directly off the uh, The one of his. The up back. The up man's. The up back's uh, ass. Yeah, well, because they were so jammed back into their own end zone. Like they, they might as well have taken the snap from inside the end zone. It looked like on the replay. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. They honestly should like in, in the long run, they should have either done an Aussie punt or just had the guy like step backwards. You probably had a better chance of, uh, yeah, I don't really know what of to making do. something or just happen. Move that tail back out a little bit like wider. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was great. And then Mark Sanchez had his moment on Twitter to be like, quit trying to steal my shine <laughs> as you know, he's famous Only for the butt essay. fumble. So was he actually mad about it? Because Orlovsky was thrilled think, about the next one you're going to talk about. I think about. he was like, I think he was like, just, you know, like, that's my yeah. thing. You know, like, and just trying to poke fun at himself a little bit. That's that's um, funny he took that approach because Orlovsky took the opposite way. He's like, thank yeah, God, I, I have a this, <laughs> The second one, another moment of sanctity for us, for another player who had a, a boneheaded move. Dan Orlovsky back in the day ran out the back of the end zone. Well, Jimmy G did the same on Sunday. Uh, again, backed up in his own end zone in Denver, Sunday night football, backing up from the de- the Denver defensive line, bearing down on him and takes two steps into the back of his own end zone. Also threw a pick six. I say on, on the that same play. <laughs> <laughs> kind of got saved there. They did end up losing in what was 
one of the most ugly football games I've ever watched. So what you're telling um, me is it was a four point positive play for him. Yeah, honestly, well, I guess in the long run it ended up being a part of the why they lost the game. But in the moment, what a great, a, a, I mean, a fantastic moment for Twitter and for all of us to to laugh collectively at Jimmy Garoppolo. Just unbelievable lack of field awareness in that moment. Incredible. Watch yeah. those. They couldn't paint any any brighter and whiter and larger. So just, I guess, yeah. watch what those boundaries are. Hey, not on the end racism end line. <laughs> it takes all of us end line. Please, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for them to all read Crucial Catch next year or next month, <laughs> even though they literally have issues with women's rights pervasive uh, week. That's that's for the deeper podcast. Though. We don't need to. Get yeah, there. we'll get there. We'll get we'll get to that's for the midweek podcast. Yeah. That's never coming. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but yeah, um, to just laugh out loud funny plays that we will be watching for the next decade until someone else does something almost as stupid or hopefully stupider. Well, uh, if we're lucky. I say in the Miami game, you could only wait five more minutes until the Bills booth assistant oh, beat the shit out of the. Ken Dorsey. Oh, is that who it was? Ken yeah. Dorsey beat the yeah. shit out of the, the desk and his. And then slammed the camera. And, I don't yeah, think he slammed the camera. I think somebody tantrum. next to him covered the camera because they didn't mm. want it to be seen. They're like, shit, shit. Okay. This thing's recording you, dude. Stop it. <laughs> You're making us look awful. <laughs> Amazing moment. Uh, right after they lost that God, game, he just he lost his nuts. shit. I, and it was perfect. I feel his pain. I'm just going to talk again globally. Like, the the Dolphins, I, I don't want to discredit them. They they did what they needed to do and executed when they needed to mm-hmm. to win that game. The Bills have put up a combined, felt like 100 points across their first two games. So to hold them to 21, or 19 rather, hold them under 20 in that game is insane. But it very much felt like, and I think this is part of Ken Dorsey's anger, uh, and I was, I'm going to add the Chiefs into this too, like the Chiefs and the Bills beat themselves almost as much as the opponent beat them. The Chiefs Definitely. catastrophically imploded on special teams. Hey, been there. And the, the Bills, I mean, Allen threw the ball like 60 sometimes, I think. Yeah. And yeah. I just, you don't get that and have and hold him to 19 points. So credit where credit's due, but there was a lot of, I, you play that game nine more times and I'm, I'm not sure Miami wins the majority of them. Honestly, it's crazy. So that's why the NFL is beautiful. It only takes one game. And and now Miami gets to hold it over the bill's head until they meet again in the snow of presumably the snow of Buffalo in like week 11 or 12 or whatever the heck, but Mm -hmm. wild, wild day. Yeah. Also shout out to the NFL for letting Tua return to the field after legitimately stumbling and bumbling his way. Yeah, uh, into the I locker room. Uh, the guy, he, it looks like a cartoon. It was so bad. They immediately said yeah. they're opening an independent investigation. I don't know <laughs> who the hell is vindicated for that, but you're gonna make you're gonna make the guy that punctured to make the guy that punctured what's his name's lung Tyrod's lung look good <laughs> because there is no feasible way he should have been let back into the game. But he won it, so you know what. Uh, mind over matter, right? I guess so. Or matter over mind? I guess so. If you have no mind, it does not Correct. matter. There you um, go. There you go. Yes. Speaking of having no mind, let's talk about the Chicago Bears. The Bears. We'll go in order. So we'll t- start with the earliest game, which was the Bears' noon matchup against the Texans. Lovey Smith back in town. Always fun to see the last competent head coach the Chicago Bears had <laughs> on the opposite sideline, fired after a 10-win season. Hell yeah. But I digress. Let's get into... So we're going to do what do we know 
after three weeks. We obviously haven't been able to record after weeks one and two, including quite frankly an embarrassing, another embarrassing Sunday night in Lambeau for the Chicago Bears. It's okay. I think we're both two and one with very embarrassing losses. So true. That's very true. It works out. It's even. We're good. Yeah, tied for first place. I love to Hell see yeah. it. So let's start. Well, what do we know about the Bears? We'll start with the most important thing. Is it time to worry about Justin Fields? Methinks, yes. Hmm. I think, obviously, it's, you know, there, patience is, is needed. Watching him play, though, it just makes me a little, like, worried that maybe it's not there right now. You know, like, he had time in the pocket. He had open receivers. There wasn't, he wasn't like completely getting bared down on by the defense. Like he had opportunities rewatching film. Like there's plenty of opportunities where you at least attempt to put a ball into these spaces, but he just seems uncomfortable. He made like week one was the only time I've really seen him make plays with his arm that were positive. You know, like we saw it. In in that 49ers game, two touchdown throws, improvising, you know, he can obviously use his legs like that. That goes without saying like 280 rushing yards through three games. Fantastic. He's on pace for over, almost a thousand yards at this point. I think that'd be well over That's a thousand, great. wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I mean, yeah, you're probably right. But I mean, just in general, like, I don't know. It, I mean, as an outsider looking in. I mean, there's got to be cause for concern, right? Am oh, I right? Yeah. Alarm bells ringing. I mean, g- game, totally. game one, which, by the way, we meant to ask you, have you have you dried out yet? Have you, like, the last... <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still wringing out my jacket. Okay, the last drips I of water is I wore the least waterproof work. jacket of all time, yeah. <laughs> How many times has it gone through the wash to get that musty, sweaty smell it was, away? <laughs> it, was, it was water, it was more like water absorbent than water Hell resistant. Hell yeah, that's my you know favorite I mean? kind of jacket yeah. to wear. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that game is kind of just throw it away right and we did the same thing with, yeah, with Trey Lance it, everybody everybody's saying it. Yeah. you know it's like that it's a monsoon obviously the Bears came out did their job and won in a game that a lot of people were not expecting them to win but did. these last two weeks are where you can really start kind of grading where Justin Fields is at and it's like it's bad yeah I mean it's bad what was it? it was a well and I'm even to say it's bad for him it's not been great yeah. the tape that what he's put on tape but it's also, I think more alarming and more telling that he's not getting chances to, to throw. I mean, yeah. the Packers game, the, that's the biggest thing that bugged me about that. And it was most shocking when you went back and we, we, I don't think either of us realized how bad it was until after the game when I shared that tweet with you. But, you know, the first drive they came out and they ran the ball and Fields looked decisive. Yeah. Fields, I think he ended up scoring the touchdown on that drive. Yeah, and he ran the ball. It was yeah. fine. I mean, that's, that's, that's great. Yeah, you want to establish a tempo. It was an awesome start to the right. game. And, and, and then you saw, you were like, okay, the commitment here is to slow this game down, to run the ball. Keep Rodgers off say, the field. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, fine. But then you come out and you go like the next 13 plays resulted in 10 yards and no first downs for the Bears. It's bad. And it was also like a complete abandonment of the run game. The passing game looked damn near like worthless. Mm-hmm. And, you know, credit. I don't want to merge too many things here, but credit to the Packers defense. But at the same time, yeah. the game comes and goes and. Justin Justin Fields had thrown the ball 11 times in a yeah. game where you got wholly I mean waxed like largely largely yeah. was over by the time 
the second quarter rolled around. Yeah, I mean, if you if you put it in perspective, eleven pass attempts, uh, you know, several dropbacks where there were sacks, several improvised runs. So, I, so I think in total it was like twenty two dropbacks. But still, <laughs> the fact that he's only making eleven pass attempts is downright. Yeah, the run play pass play call in that game, which was so different. I don't I didn't look deeply at the stats from yesterday. I don't know if it got Mm -hmm. any better. No, I mean, (laughs) not really. I mean, 17 attempt eight for 17, 106 yards, two picks, (sighs) five sacks. Uh, He took five sacks. He had eight run eight running attempts for 47 yards, including a 29 yard scramble, which was great. But that was another. But that was like the 29 yard scramble is great. I love to see that he can use his legs and save himself in those situations. But this was a situation where he didn't need saving. No, that's, this is a play that a lot of people are pointing to. It was a third down for opening drive for the bears. There were two, at least two open receivers that an NFL quarterback should be hitting. It's not a window that's wide open, but it's a window that if you're an NFL quarterback and you're on this level, you should be taking that shot. Davis mills should not be throwing the ball 32 times. And Justin Fields only seventeen. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like they should be developing at the same rate. Or, in I would argue, and I I think many people would argue, Justin Fields should be developing more rapidly than Davis well, Mills. But he seems to be much more comfortable, and the Texans seem to be much more comfortable allowing him to drop back thirty two times in a game. Yeah, I don't know, and it's it kind of feels like it's a it's a perfect trifecta of misery because it feels like. Mm-hmm. Well, he, one, he's not trusting the O-line. Two, I don't know if he trusts receivers because his best weapons out there are is Equinemia St. Brown and I guess maybe Cole Komet. And nobody's really flashed any sort of like exciting potential. Mooney's been mm-hmm. non-existent. The running backs are something that, that's been you know productive. They've rushed really well. But it also then makes me believe if... And the, the trust issues, how deep do they go? Like, does Fields trust his line? Does Fields trust his receivers? Does the coaches trust Fields? Like, is this an indictment right. of the coaches saying Fields isn't what we want or 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 need or we can't trust him to do? And then it just spells, you know, I think disaster for the Bears because I don't know. It, it, this feels like we shouldn't be saying this about a two-in-one team, but I don't know how long these problems persist and, and what the solution to them is like, is this them saying we're going to try and survive through this year? What we, with what we can and, and field is out and we're drafting another quarterback and we're bringing our guy. Like it doesn't, there doesn't feel like a direction to me. And it, it feels like there needs to be one. It feels like there needs to be purpose and, and Mm -hmm. procedure with fields and how he's developing and what they're doing to develop him. And it just feels like they're quitting. Right. I do feel, I mean, through three weeks, you're two and one new coaching staff, first time guy play calling for you. You know, you're still getting used to it with everyone. I still think there's time to see a turnaround. And obviously this team is not expecting to go out and fight for a playoff spot, but they need to be at least showing the ability to develop him. And if they're not the ones to be able to develop him, or if he's not the guy who needs to be, who can take that development then obviously some changes need to be made but i'll give it a little more time i'm trying to be patient and justin fields is is you know this is an unfamiliar territory for him you know he has throughout his entire life playing football been the guy he was a you know continuous contender in college he was a five-star recruit 
in high school, you know, went to Georgia, obviously didn't work out, got step, you know, left there because he wasn't getting enough playing time, made it to Ohio State, was continuously putting them in a position to be in the national championship, college football playoff, yada, yada. Like, this is unfamiliar territory for him. Being, you know, struggling on a team that's not, does not, that he is one of the most talented players on, you know, Ohio State, and he's surrounded by the best of the best, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in every position. So it's new. It's uncharted. I mean, he he went as far as saying, like, after the game, he did not mince words. He's like, I played like trash. He's like, I need to figure it out. This is not on, you know, it's not on the coaching staff. It's on me. I need to put myself in position to make plays. Like, he's like, I don't want to say the A word, <laughs> but he's like, I played like garbage. And <laughs> I appreciate his honesty, and I appreciate him not being, you know, just canned answers. And I think hopefully he uses this as a stepping stone to get more aggressive out there, throwing the ball, trust those receivers. It's not, you know, like we said, it's not the best talent group, but they're getting open. Mm-hmm. Equinemia St. Brown is getting open. Darnell Mooney is out there. He needs to be better. I mean, he needs to find himself in better positions. Trust Cole Komet, you know, and luckily, we have this run game that is looking damn good. That's my next big thing that I've learned from this team. We might have one of the top three running back duos in the league. I mean, between Montgomery, hopefully he's not out for a long time. Uh, it didn't seem the after the game, it seemed like his knee ankle injury. They couldn't they didn't really specify exactly what it was, but they said it looked good, looked positive as far as kind of the day to day, you know, how he will recover from that. But man, if he's out for for a few weeks, I think we'll be okay behind just behind uh, Khalil Herbert because he came out and had a hell of a game. Yeah, uh, I I mean, 157 yards on 24 carries, two touchdowns, just finding holes, explosive runs on multiple occasions. Uh, you love to see that. I think I'd hold yeah. their claim on the top three back duos in the game. I, there's many more that have done it for a much longer time. I mean, for a long, much longer time? I don't know. I mean, outside of, I would say Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I'd go Pollard and Pollard and Zeke. Who else do we have? Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison. Okay. Ah, come on. Well, okay. You say Madison. We talking Madison. I, I would say Dallin Cooks. Anyway, we're not going to get. Oh, into, yeah, I mean, he's great. We're not going to get great. into that debate. Uh, they both are explosive. Listen, I put a question mark on the note. <laughs> I put a question. They're mark. both e- explosive backs, and they're yeah, both have, and have been, been productive. Y- yes, and we had we saw yesterday Herbert with almost eight yards of carry. We saw the same thing in Green Bay with Dave Montgomery. He had almost eight point. I think he had eight point one yards per carry in that game. Um, they both split time in the first game where they were really pounding the that very talented San Francisco defense in the rain and just making that they did not want to be out there. So we've known the coaching staff has made it clear that the run game would be a focus of this team. And it's it's clear that that's the case. And I think if they can use that, build on that, and use it to help fields stretch the field in that play action, it would be really great to see. I think it would definitely be uh, in their best interest to keep running the damn ball, as I, as we love to say here in Chicago. My next point, Roquan Smith, give him all the money. 
whatever money you have, if you want to Venmo him, I'll get it from him. <laughs> Send it his way. We need to get these contract talks reignited. Because Did you just insert yourself as a Venmo agent? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Come on! I'm the Venmo I do what I and then you take take your cut, huh? No, oh, no, 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 no! This is purely out of the kindness of my heart. Oh, I'm just oh, trying gotcha, to get gotcha, Roquan gotcha. to stay in Chicago. He's a 25 year old middle linebacker who is the best player on the field when he's out there in most situations. Fantastic game yesterday. Dealing with a hip injury all week, just comes out and gets 16 tackles, a game ceiling interception in a moment where I don't know how every other Bears fan was feeling, but I'm sure it was similar to me where I felt like we were about to lose that game. I thought Davis Mills is going to make a couple throws down the field, set them up in field goal position. And Roquan Smith said, no way jumps the jumps, the route gets a pick sets the bears up for the game winning field goal. Unbelievable. I mean, throws the ball out of the stadium. (laughs) beautiful it was beautiful he's due i I think he's playing his way into a big payday whether it's going to be the bears giving him that payday that's another question but i think he's worth the money Uh, i was looking at spotrack earlier they're projecting him for like a five-year 88 million dollar deal especially based off the darius leonard shaquille leonard i should say deal that he got in the offseason uh five years 98 million i don't think roquan's worth more than him as it's currently doesn't sitting. doesn't mean he won't get paid more than him you gotta but keep doesn't, resetting the market yeah <laughs> that's true but i just feel like if you're another team you look at darius leonard and you say is that you know i don't know that's just my feeling that i i think the 590 sounds pretty good for roquan and i don't think it'll do anything to hurt linebackers uh, you just got to outplay him. I mean, that's what I mean. He's not going to get Mike more than Micah Parsons. Once he's ready to get paid is going to be resetting the market for everyone. Yeah, I don't want to think about that. Let's let's <laughs> got a few years for that one. But yeah, I mean, Roquan great plays on Sunday. Um, he really is the heart and soul of this. Honestly, this whole team. So if he can just keep, you know, I was worried before the season. I said in our preview, I was worried that in the worst case scenario of this season, he would become too distracted by the looming contract talks, but he has just gone out and played. He was mic'd up week one. Uh, he sounded so excited to be out there like a little kid. <laughs> and he's he's always right there in the middle of the huddle, him and Justin Fields before the games, getting the team hyped up, you know, giving those pregame talks. And he seems like he is just, you know, really embraced the role of a leader on this team, which is great to see especially after a, a less than ideal start to the uh, or end of the offseason. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even, I mean, almost immediately announced that he didn't want to yeah, play mean, on the tag. Publicly, publicly posted a, a note from the notes app saying how the Bears didn't value him and how he wanted, he was seeking a trade and it was a whole thing. He was sitting in, you know, whatever. I mean, it was a whole thing. But now... Season's begun, and and he's doing what Roquan Smith does. Go, Roquan. Pay the man. Yeah. Yeah, pay that man. I'll finish off by just saying 2-1. and one. If you had told me we'd be 2-1 and one going into week four against the Giants, I really wouldn't have believed you. Um, I really thought we were going to be going 1-2 and two at best. So to be 2-1, and one, we're ahead of schedule, it seems like. We've got a lot of winnable games coming up. 
Giants, Vikings, Commanders, Patriots, Dallas is our next five games before we played the Dolphins in uh, early November. So a lot of tests against teams slightly like maybe a tier above us. I'm excited to see us play New York next week. They've been another team that's been pretty surprising. Fighting to be one of the only remaining undefeated teams currently. Yeah, they're playing right as we speak, as we record on this lovely Monday evening. Minnesota, always a great divisional matchup. Commanders, Patriots, Cowboys, like who knows what those teams will be in the in the coming weeks when we when we run into them. Both of those so teams yeah, I mean, will I be think, without their quarterback, so I would imagine. Right, I mean, the Patriots are going to be possibly without Mac Jones for a, a a long stretch and that's you know i would much rather face brian hoyer in <laughs> in new england than mac jones so yeah i mean it's it's we're still learning about this team like i mean i'm obviously not looking for necessarily wins i'm looking for development i'm looking for justin fields to bounce back in any sort of way i'm looking for luke getsy to trust him allow him to make plays but he also needs to take the opportunities where they come because if he's not producing, why put the ball in his hands? Give it to Herbert, give it to Montgomery, and let them figure it out. You know, so we'll see. Two and one. Tied for first. Cherish it while it lasts. Yes, I definitely <laughs> I'll try. Oh, also, uh, news came out today. Bears are reportedly heavy in the wide receiver market right now, looking for a possible trade. Name that pops up is Kenny Galladay. Apparently, he is not fitting in well with Brian Dable. He cleaned out his locker last week. I don't know if I'd want to take really? that. Risk. Yeah, that was a whole story. Mm. I don't know if it was really like a, it was after the game. It sounded, mm. it, there was like back and forth about the original tweet that was put out there was that he cleaned out his locker after the game. And it was basically that of the fact. And then some player quote tweeted and said, okay, so had me and everyone else who had like had left by that time because hmm. we'll all do this. But I mean, yeah, he's not playing with them. He's and no, and he's not. I mean, he's not been like openly sour. He's not, right, he's been nothing special since he got there. He's been nothing. He hasn't done anything. He sat out. He was hurt exactly. all last year. He's hurt all the year before in Detroit. Right, right. He hasn't played a meaningful snap in two and a half years. <laughs> right. So I think if he can come in and get in a fresh situation, become instantly, you know, one of the two best receivers on the on the roster just talent wise and bringing a guy of that size like i think that'll be good for something um another name i saw was robbie anderson um from carolina he you know carolina is shaky right now they might be looking to dump his contract uh and then a dark horse which i don't believe this is uh, true at all you'll you'll probably laugh when i say this uh (laughs) mike thomas from the saints um, they seem to be going in the wrong direction. Uh, he's got a hefty contract. The Bears have $107 million in cap space next year. Are these names coming from NBC Sports Talk Chicago? I mean, they're coming from news outlets. I don't know if it's NBC Sports Chicago. Okay, I, just was, but, I, have a, I mean, it's it's a, even if it was from NBC Sports Chicago, that is a, a trusted yeah, news source. Yeah, I don't know. That's not Those like some... seem weird. This isn't some fan bleacher nation thing i don't know any i any of those trades i guess brings another body in which isn't the worst thing in the world but 
Yeah, I mean, this isn't we're not the Green Bay Packers looking to make a run at the Super Bowl. This is we're looking for veterans who are unhappy and, and maybe we'll make them. <laughs> That'll happy. make team chemistry go up. Yes, sir. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Get them out of their bad situation and get them into a nice home. Get them into a nice home. All right. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> All right. Let's talk Packers. Uh, the other two and one team on this podcast um, squeaking out a victory in Tampa Bay in a final battle of goats um perhaps yeah i would certainly well certainly for the regular season there's no shot brady plays to get past this year unless he's just going full football addict and divorcing giselle um yeah it was quite a game uh i think we're gonna stick with this what do we know after three weeks um the defense is playing the way they should have and they should be um Mm. And you saw it in this game, uh, uh, specifically, um, especially in this like the second half, like response after response on offense on defense to the offense turning the ball over, or having another one of many three and outs that were on the day, uh, and you know it was fourteen to three in this game before you could even blink your eye, and then yeah. it stayed that until damn near the final whistle. It, you know, final fourteen twelve was the final on a last. Uh, two two point conversion stop to tie the game mm-hmm. um you know week one uh you know gashed up by kirk cousins and justin jefferson seemingly didn't know how to pick him up um and mm-hmm. just you know passed off the field um and then i as we talked about last week only 70 yards to field with with fields with no touchdowns and a pick um in the run game rude uh, sorry uh in the run game um <laughs> week two uh, in that same game you mentioned, 27 for 180 was your combined running back production, mm-hmm. uh, which is a good 6.7 yards a carry to uh, Leonard Fournette. Um, the lead back, obviously, the Bucks is not a not a skimpy runner. He's pretty aggressive and has been producing yeah, producing crazy the first two weeks. Held him yeah. held him to fourteen for thirty four, which is a measly two point four yards per carry. Um, and Barry specifically praising the run game post game yesterday and how they how they contained Fournette and forced Brady to try and beat them with his minimal weapons. Um, and you know the 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 contributions continuing to be from mostly special teams guys uh nixon tremaine uh, tremaine nixon i think is his name he was brought in by um uh Bisaccia after playing special teams in oakland or las vegas excuse me um and had to step in yesterday as a um fill-in when jair left the game uh and him and shamar Jean charles filled in adequately and, and like i said frustrated brady um it, 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 brady was not helped with what he had to deal with. I mean, obviously Evans, Godwin, and um, who's the third? Julio. Uh, Julio. All Julio. out. So that's not a great situation, but, mm-hmm. you know, Tough. yeah, it's an awful situation. But they just, they they made it worse by just continuously hounding him and, and not letting anyone get open. I mean, Perriman, Perriman and Gage both found marginal success, but it wasn't like Brady was, you know, Brady was able to gash him open. You sat, we sat two years ago and this Packers team with a few of the same faces went up 10, nothing mm-hmm. um, against the same Buccaneers team in week three or week four against, against the box in Tampa. And 
ended up losing yep. obviously 38 to 10. So this, you know, the defense was partying hard yesterday uh, as reported by Matt Schneidman when he was walking around post game, he was hearing music blaring everywhere and whooping and hollering. <laughs> um, so the guys were, the guys were thrilled. They didn't really care that the score was ugly and they only escaped on the last second play, which apparently was yeah. leaked over the stadium scoreboard. And Roger, did you see, did you hear all that? Wait, what so happened? Supposedly Rogers, uh, on the jumbotron saw enough of the like they like zoomed in on the surface tablet you couldn't read it in clear detail but you could like kind of see the play outline right before the two-point conversion attempt and rogers apparently saw it and it was a play they had practiced against all week because it's a bread and butter play of hit their offense and rogers like alerted to it and that's what helped them get the stop on oh that's i saw that headline where he said like he took he took uh full you know he took credit for winning that game oh, and stopping the two point yes, conversion. Yes, yeah, no, he apparently saw something like on the stadium feed uh, that was like zooming That's into uh, it's like it's like reigniting Brady versus the tablet. <laughs> yeah, too bad Brady didn't smash it before yeah, seriously. he was able to see that. Um the yeah, the tablet got its revenge. So I I don't know. I mean buy that or <laughs> buy that or not. Tablet got the last yeah. laugh. Buy that if you want or not. Um, but this defense stepped up and made plays when they needed to uh, and uh, got them out of there with a, a win in a very, very ugly 26-point total game. Hope you took the under. Um, I think the biggest storyline from yesterday, though, is David Bakhtiari. He – Bach is Bach. Bach is Bach. Bobby Bach. Um, <laughs> he, he, the plan was for him to split snaps with uh, Yash Nyman. Uh, and alternate every other drive, and he did that entirely. Um, Nyman's been pretty adequate in his absence, uh, held up that line really well, but David looked like he hadn't missed a step in his two two and a half years of rehab. I mean, he came out there, he allowed, uh, I, oh, I wish I had this written down the stat, but whoever he was up against on the right end of that front has a... Um, was ranked as the seventh best pass rusher by PFF grades going and was, or was ranked seventh in, in rushes or hurries or something. Um, and was only allowed, Oh, pressures and QB pressures. And Bach only allowed one against him the entire game that he was in there. Um, you know, so this, the, this remain like the biggest thing is, is the next few weeks he has to get like play next week and play the week after, because that was the thing with Detroit, right? He came into that meeting with, then immediately had to sit out the playoff game. But if he continues to play the weeks after that shows signs of recovery, shines signs of improvement. And that's the biggest thing for him going forward is to keep playing and keep adding more and more snaps to his book running game after being dismal in Minnesota has shown out big time. Aaron Jones is still a menace. AJ Dillon is a menace. Aaron Jones fumbled, unfortunately in this game, right on the two yard line. Uh, that would have changed the game entirely. That would put him up 21 to three and really, really put the, like the emphasis on this game. But uh, I'm still happy with how it's going. That's, that's the part of this offense that needs to be solid. And, and it's what needs to keep the passing game afloat while this offense continues to grow and develop on the fly. The run game is is crucial as this offense develops on the fly, as I said, and you know keeps 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 consistency and keeps uh, a, a method of attack. Um, biggest thing, though, we'll, we'll talk about that passing mm-hmm. game uh, is 
this looks like Dub's time to shine. Um, he was talked about heavily in camp. We talked about him on our preview show. Uh, he now has walked into a large opportunity. Uh, Christian Watson looks to be battling a hamstring injury that doesn't seem to be a simple one. And in addition to that, uh, Sammy Watkins has gone mm-hmm. to IR, which will mean he'll miss, miss the next, at least the next three games. So yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see, you know, uh, I was very excited to see him playing in this game, hoping that he could have a breakout game and that he did eight for eight for 73 yards and a touchdown on that opening drive. Um, he is the only other rookie receiver for the Packers um, to catch eight plus and a touchdown. Uh, and the the first one being Max McGee all the way back in 1954. Um, and then I also oh, heard and, and oh, classic Packer. Um, I also heard. <laughs> a Rogers live or saw a Rogers live reaction to Matt Schneidman. Obviously I've name dropped him a bunch. He's one of my favorite Packers follows Mm -hmm. Um, asking him Rogers in the post game conference that he is the first dubs is the first receiver, not named Devante to catch more than eight passes in a game um, from Rogers since 2018 and I forget wow. the name he said because the reaction w- from Rogers was exactly like he was like whoa and like almost spit out, spit out his water and he went so wide eyed, um, like that is not a small thing. Like um, who was the other the, like who was the other receiver? Like he, I, like, I, he said he couldn't it, believe he who said it was. Who, no, no, he was laughing at like wow, like the same laugh you did. The wow since twenty eighteen, okay. it wasn't it didn't even matter who the receiver was. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go back and look at it because it was only a six second video and now I want to know. I, um. Oh, it was Randall Cobb in 2018. Okay. Week one of I was going to guess that it was him. Yeah, week one of 2018, Randall Cobb was the last guy not named Devontae Adams to catch eight passes from Aaron Rodgers. That so, is insane. Unreal stat. Um, so, yeah, I, Dubs has the whole world in front of him. Rodgers mm-hmm. said, uh, raved about his hands, but they said they're like glue, and he said, talk to him. Rodgers seems to have this way of like teaching, but it's not belittling, but it's like razzing. Like he's like would like he would they were joking about I mean, with him and he would brought up a story when he was joking about him in camp um catching the ball with his body too much and he's like you have mm-hmm. you have the hands like catch the ball with your hands and then like next play he like wowed out and he's like yeah see um yeah but but so he raved about the hands that he has can catch anything thrown his way um mm-hmm. added praise on his route running which he says he's learning and it's developing every week and mm-hmm. then this is i think the biggest quote going forward um, we'll go back to the tape and see if there's more opportunities I could have given him. Um, like obviously Packerland minces and hangs every, on every word Rogers says, but if he's saying, I want to give him more opportunity, he is going to get more opportunity. Exactly. And it's one of those things. Yeah. It's one of those things where if Rogers wants to make plays with this guy, he's going to like, he has the, op- he has the, um, ability. Ability, he has the ability, and he has the. I mean, it's it's what he does. When he finds a guy, it's his guy. You know, it, he, it yeah. was Adams, it was it was Wes, or it was um, Jordy Nelson, it was uh, you know Donald Driver and Greg Jennings for a you know at a time, and you know he he has his guys. Yeah, he has guys for sure. But I, I the 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 game. I mean, the Packers game can benefit. I mean, Cobb had plenty of opportunities. Lazard will not be forgotten about. Um, of course, seeing if this game or this team needs three to four receivers who are producing heavily, um, and and 
Dubs has the potential. He's talked about all camp that he has this potential to do that somehow it turns out that at least the first three weeks, he's the more promising looking rookie than Watson, who has done fairly good enough in his first few showings, despite a few drops. Um, yeah, it, it, it's just the sky's the limit. Um, like with, with Rogers and a rookie growing at this pace, like who knows where it can go and it could potentially be, you know, something in November, December that we're just thrilled. You know, you know, can't believe we got this guy in the fourth round and just thrilled about him, you know? Mm -hmm. So this Packers team all in all just feels different. Um, the amount of times they just sat and responded and people want to be like, Oh, they didn't respond. No, like, cause the offense couldn't get out of their own way. They, you know, the, the offense couldn't ever adapt in the second half. They, you know, they scored the 14 points and that was it. Fumbles, turnovers, uh, mm-hmm. weak play calling I mean, inability to convert on third down but the defense and the special teams five punts inside the 20 yard line um that hadn't that hasn't happened since, for the packers since i think the 70s wow um so special teams is is executing and showing flashes of being otherworldly like really disciplined committed play making and an effort um, the defense is stepping up in all phases. The secondary looks really challenging. They, they had guys step in and produce, you know, when I, I highlighted my worry about the secondary and this, their health, um, was alleviated by, was alleviated, really alleviated by mm-hmm. some of the play today, yes. um, stepping in for Jair, which thankfully doesn't look at this point to be a severe injury. Uh, but this is a team that if it plays like it did yesterday, can be a force and could be a Super Bowl winning force because you expect the offense to keep developing and growing. But if you can act like this is not the team where he was like Rodgers has to throw for 400 yards and then we might yeah. win. It's right. it's a team that can get away with 14 points on offense and yeah. still have a dominant day. Yeah, it's a D de- it's a team that's built. I feel like for January games, strong running game, Great defense, Rodgers making plays when he needs to. Like, yeah. I feel like that is the recipe for a successful January. Um, so, well, I mean, they'll have to perform. Obviously, it's early. Uh, I know you highlighted the next four games, four mm, yeah. extremely winnable games. Before we get there, I just oh, want to highlight the, emphasizing how different of a team this is. The Packers since 2008 are 3 and 27 when scoring 14 points or less before, before today, before last yesterday. Mm hmm. Uh, the three quarterbacks they had beat on that list were Trubisky, Cutler, rude. Rude. and Mark Sanchez. Former Bear, uh, also rude. <laughs> we just like beating the Bears. Unfor- yeah. Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately for you, for you guys, that was uh, that was with that was Mark Sanchez, the Jet, not Mark yeah, Sanchez. Yeah, the yeah, Bear. I, know. I know. Uh, but then now you can add Tom Brady to that list, and that's a very, very impressive name. Obviously, you know who Tom Brady is. Four Hall of uh, Famers. Four Hall of Famers, baby. Um, <laughs> Next four games is you're going to get to uh, Pats in New England, I believe. But that will be, as we said, no Mac Jones, the Giants, the Jets, and the Commanders. And the Giants game is in London, so that will be an interesting test no matter Ooh. what. Um, but uh, plenty of time and plenty of game for the this offense to keep growing because week eight, uh, I think, is the next big, big earmarked game on this schedule. That is Sunday Night Football in Buffalo. Uh, they better be ready to compete in all three phases because they will need all of that to go win in that stadium for sure um but like i said three weeks in 
uh, it's for me, it's kind of fortunate we didn't record after week one because uh, the <laughs> the prospect has changed dramatically uh, in two weeks. <laughs> I was really hoping to rub it, rub your face in it. A I little know bit. you were. I, it I wasn't. Was, it wasn't full meltdown because this Packers team loses week one. Let me a have lot. it. Can we I not? Know, sorry. Can we not do this? I mean, hey, it was a fun game to watch the Bears. I'm, I've replayed that clip of Justin Fields sliding through the end zone about 14 times, and you probably so multiplied it by 10. So um, much fun. I was watching the play today where he threw the touchdown to Dante Pettis, trying to remember what it was like to watch him make a play downfield. <laughs> trying to feel something again? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> no, even, just, it's funny, even watching the game yesterday and the Bears, you know, I obviously was excited when Roquan got the pick and – but even after the Bears kicked the field goal, I was just kind of like, okay, like that yeah. was a win. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a win, but it's like, at what cost? At what, did it really feel like one? <laughs> did it feel like a win? Did you really, really win that game? <laughs> but I, I will say, I feel like this season, just to kind of do a broad stroke on the season through three weeks, this feels, it's hard to say like, you know, like after three weeks, like it's wide open, but like it really feels like more wide open than I've seen it in a long time. You, you can't, but I think in the AFC, I still put the the Chiefs and the Bills as the top of the top. Yeah, and I'd probably still put the Packers at or near the top in the NFC. Maybe a little bit biased, but I think they've also shown it. Um, but they're, you know, I think, I think I, the it, Eagles right now have got to be the favorite in the NFC. Well, the Eagles certainly, but here's what I'm going to say. I was, first of all, I was going to say, if you, if you had sitting here tonight, if you had said to yourself four weeks ago that you'd be sitting watching a Monday night football game and the potential three remaining undefeated teams were the Dolphins, the Eagles, and the New York Giants, Giants provided the outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't have believed you. Would you have believed yourself? No, um, I definitely not two of those three teams the, the eagles i could have seen starting three i mean they like they're they look really fucking yeah. good well and, like, and hurts and two are the talk of the are the talk of the nfl and they rightfully should be they've looked very impressive in both of their games um i i if i, I if i'm reserving judgment i want to wait and see i want to see more like i you know Oh, for sure. I mean, of course. Like, of course. Hurts, I, I mean, Hurts, we watched their first three weeks. The, the Commanders, the Vikings, and 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 the Vikings, I, I know they're serious. I believe in them, too. But you're, you're always going to smoke Kirk Cousins in primetime until he shows me something different. So they feel like three very winnable games for the Eagles. I want to see them go against someone tough. I know we'll get it soon. Um, but in the Dolphins and the Dolphins showed it and they have the Bengals this week. So they are going to go mm-hmm. from <laughs> facing one Super Bowl contender to the team who was previously in the AFC Super Bowl. So you win those two, especially the Bengals coming on a short week. And I think they're on the road mm-hmm. in, in, in Cincinnati for that one. Yep. Um, I, I, you know, they, you start have to th- take, you have to start taking them really seriously. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting conversation. There does not feel like uh, a a true like bona fide like yep this team's going to the Super Bowl. I haven't yeah, I haven't I mean, found one yet. NFC feels pretty open, like you said. Packers have looked good, but not like great yet. I don't think. I mean, I'd say it's only open because nobody's proved themselves. It's a bunch yeah. of just mediocre to like semi good like teams. The Buccaneers offense can't seem to get it together. They they you know can't have everyone on the field at the same time, but also even when they did week 1 they only put up 19 points, you know. Yeah. So it's like it's a little difficult to kind of gauge where they're at, but their defense looks phenomenal. Um, you know, obviously we we mentioned the Eagles, uh the Rams have bounced back from their week 1 
trouncing. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have a team like, I mean, the Chargers, who I had in the Super Bowl, have looked shaky, to say the least. Well, yeah, and now they got um, Herbert dealing with an injury that could potentially yeah, nag him all they got, season. They got absolutely crushed by the Jaguars yesterday, who look actually possibly playoff contender, especially in that AFC South, which I cannot get a read on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting season. I think we're going to see still a lot of time for storylines to develop, um, contenders to come to the forefront. We didn't even see, like last year, we didn't see the, the Bengals really um, shine until, I mean, probably – seven or eight weeks into the season is yeah. when they really hit their stride. Oh, shout out to um, Lamar. He's looking like an absolute stud. Pay yeah, Lamar man. Jackson is going to get paid. Like, you want to talk about a guy who's going to reset the market, it's him. Yeah. Uh, he turned he turned down a, a five-year, $250 million extension. Yeah. If that, that's crazy. And he's probably worth more as he's of right gonna now. He's going to get so much money. He's going to be paid out the wazoo. Part of me with the weapons, hope it's the Lions. You hope I mean, you hope he goes to the Lions? I, with the weapons they have, I think it'd be fucking fantastic. I mean, I don't want to think about the Lions being good, but it'd be fantastic for football. Can you imagine him throwing to Amon Ra with DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson? Like, can you imagine that that, that duo and that defense starting to look the way they they have? I'd rather not, but I mean, <laughs> when you put it like that, I guess I'll, I'll consider it, but I, I'm not excited about it. <laughs> when I want to play Lamar Jackson twice a year. Well, yeah, oh, thank I, you. I, 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 for me, it we wouldn't didn't. change anything. My team still has to pay. One of my teams still has to play him twice a year, but yeah, I don't know. That, it's, uh, it's the a joys fun of having two teams. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't really have a defense um, for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, glad we were able to get, get on here talk some football it's been too long now that we're three weeks in uh we'll get back on our hopefully regularly scheduled programming uh sunday pregame show let's plan for it let's plan um, for it let's see where i'm at keep I an be eye home out sunday so yeah that should work keep an eye out for that um we'll break down the day's matchups bears at noon against the giants in the meadowlands packers Three o'clock start against New England. Actually, it's in Green Bay. Um, it I was is just in looking Green at Bay. that. Yeah, I was looking now, at yeah. this week's games. We'll break down other matchups we really like. And uh, how about we give you a fantasy player of the week? Oh, Maybe we'll do that for uh-oh. you. All right. Keep an eye out. We have a notoriously cold streak. Uh, what are you talking about? We're we're the we're the premier experts in the league. Yeah. In fuck the world. you, Matthew Barry. Yeah, um, that that money should have a, clearly gone to us. We should probably start a rivalry with someone, and I think it should be Matthew Barry. <laughs> Just beef and, with Matthew. No, he's yeah. so nice, dude. I can't actually. <laughs> you, you don't even know him. He could be a huge dick. We don't. Even know. That would be quite a revelation. He doesn't <laughs> Wouldn't seem that be like a, funny. He seems like like the nicest guy on social media, but I guess that is social media. I guess we'll have to see. When Although we pod, start it, beef with him, see how he responds. See how he responds. <laughs> <laughs> Can but he we'll handle get, the pressure? We'll get probably like. Like like Mike Clay or Field Yates we'll get, actually respond first. <laughs> yeah, we'll get like a cease and desist. Like, yeah, exactly. Don't ES- say the words fantasy football. ESPN on your podcast. ESPN or Disney, right? They're they're Disney. Yeah. We'll get like Mickey will like self deliver it to both our doors, <laughs> like two separate Mickeys at the same time. Like, all right, yeah. So, so all right, done with that beef. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, thanks everyone for listening. 
That's Evan. I am Frank. We're the War on 94 podcast. Find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Five stars. Like, share. Do it once again. And one more time, how about uh, with a friend or a loved one? Um, oh. Oh. Love is in the air, Evan. Is, that the, is, is, that the, the, is this the, the start of the After Dark podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We better get off here. Um, all right. Thanks, That's everybody, enough. for listening. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> bye bye. Yeah, bye. <laughs> <laughs>